All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what time it is. Another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast time. Uh, as you can tell from the opening intro, a lot of strange things are happening in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I don't get these two wide receivers. I really don't. I don't get Tariq Hill. I don't get Devontae Adams. And you're probably sitting there and you're wondering, what don't you get about them? They're two talented wide receivers. Both got traded in the offseason. Here's what I don't understand. Devontae Adams goes from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And in essence, in an interview says, you know, it's a transition when you go from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer. Where in the Rudy Poo hell is Derek Carr a Hall of Famer yet? Where? Where are his uh, league MVPs? Where are his Super Bowls? I'll tell you where they're sitting. In some kid's trophy case on Madden. Okay? Because they're not in reality like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has got a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers has got league MVPs. Derek Carr does not. Again, I understand. People are going to sit there and you're going to defend Derek Carr. Well, you know, he's got 29 game winning drives. He's got this. He's got that. He's not a Hall of Famer yet. Okay? Again, there's certain accolades in sports you have to achieve to be elevated to Hall of Fame status. Derek Carr is not there. Where are Derek Carr's playoff wins? Non-existent. Okay? Where are, where are Derek Carr's endorsement deals, even though that doesn't make you a Hall of Famer? But still, where is Derek Carr's exposure? There is none. Other than us talking about him. That's the only exposure he gets. Because thanks to Devontae Adams, you give us another reason to sit here, scratch our heads, and go, hmm. But he's not the only one. This one will make you scratch your head with both hands and make you sit there and think that you, like, accidentally ate an edible and now you're hallucinating and you're all sorts of fucked up because Tariq Hill comes out and says, yeah, Zach Wilson's a dog of a quarterback, but I'd rather play with the most accurate quarterback in the league talking about Tua Tonga Viola. Excuse me? Excuse me. Tua Tonga Viola is now the most accurate quarterback in the league? He is? He is? I must have missed that. I must have fucking missed that. Because no, and no, and hell fucking no, is he the most accurate quarterback in the league. That he is not. You must have forgot about Josh Allen. You must have forgot about Patrick Mahomes. You must have forgot about Justin Herbert. You must have forgot about all these other quarterbacks that are more accurate. Hell, my 15-year-old daughter has a more accurate throwing arm than Tua Tonga Viola does. Come on. Really? This is what the NFL offseason has been. Is, is these head-scratching moments and these statements that are just like, you've got to be kidding me. You really do. How do you compare Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers? How are you comparing Tua Tonga Viola to your former quarterback and Patrick Mahomes? How are you do how do you do and do it with a straight face? You guys are almost certifiably as insane as Antonio Brown thinking he's gonna be the biggest rapper in the rap game now. More more certifiably insane than Le'Veon Bell thinking he's going to go on to be this great boxer. Or dare I even say, you people on social media that think a prime LeBron James could beat Mike Tyson in a boxing match. 
Yes, that was put out there. This is insane. No, no to all of it. LeBron can't beat Michael Mike Tyson in a friggin' boxing match. Tua Tonga Viola is not the most accurate quarterback in the league. And Derek Carr ain't no fucking Hall of Famer. Okay? Now, I'm not saying he can't get there. I'm not saying Tua Tonga Viola can't become the most accurate quarterback in the league. Okay? I'm still saying that Tyson would whoop LeBron's ass in a boxing ring. Okay? But Derek Carr has got to get the Raiders to the playoffs. Derek Carr has got to get them to the Super Bowl. Derek Carr has to have that connection with Devontae Adams better than Rodgers did. That's the only way this whole trade works out. And in Miami, Tua Tonga Viola and Tariq Hill need to be better than Mahomes and, and, and Tariq Hill ever were. And that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. The stranger things that are going on in the NFL just it boggles my mind. And it's been like that with the whole, you know, we know the situation, okay? Try not to mention the name or it at all. Um, but it's kind of hard not to. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned in that situation, you know, obviously we all know what it is. So, if he winds up getting suspended for a whole year, Deshaun Watson will, in fact, sue in federal court, which is beyond me. Because me, Melissa, and Jay were talking about this Saturday night. We were talking about the situation. And we were talking about, you know, other incidents within not only the NFL, but just in sports, you know, where these girls show up at hotels and then, you know, they try to get pregnant by these celebrities or they try to get something on them to extort them out of money. This is not that situation. Okay? Now, everybody's, now everybody say, including myself, you know, this one needs to be held accountable. This one needs to be held accountable. You know who else needs to be held accountable to? That nobody's mentioned. Not even myself. And it real and this discussion that we had Saturday put this in perspective. The owner of the spa itself, who was getting the five grand for all this to happen. Okay? And it was funny because Melissa said, Well, what's gonna happen with Houston? I don't know what's going to happen with Houston. You know, it's like, well, what happens with Cleveland? <laughs> Cleveland's already punished enough. I mean, the, the fact that they got to pay this guy $230 million and he, he's, he's not going to be able to play, okay, that's punishment enough. The fact that they let a quarterback who made them somewhat relevant go to Carolina and you're paying him six hundred grand to beat you week one. Yeah. Again, the stranger things of the NFL. It's just, it, it's just amazing. It really is. And then you had the the relaunch of the XFL. All right, the the Rock and company are bringing the XFL back, and you're gonna have a team in San Antonio, and Heinz Ward is gonna be the head coach of that team. There's one in St. Louis, and the former Jet wide receiver. Uh, I think it's, who the hell is it? Anthony Becht, I think, is the head coach there. So, we have more football to watch than we've ever had before. But there was something else. And it's Pittsburgh Steeler related. And it's with Ben Roethlisberger. 
Everybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Ben Roethlisberger fan. Okay? He's been the guy since 04. Yeah, when he was young, did he make some mistakes? Yeah. So they did a recent interview with him. I didn't get to read the whole thing. But pretty much what he's saying is that there's a lot of things we found out that we didn't know before. Part of it is, is that Kevin Colbert didn't want Ben coming back the year prior to this past season. He was ready to move on from him. Art Rooney the third stepped in and said, ah, 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 no, 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 no. He's finishing as a stealer. That's it. And I commend that. Okay. Ben also talked about the state of the NFL and the, the reasons why there wasn't much success in Pittsburgh. Now, he's right in the state of the NFL where it's a me league because you look at it from a perspective of, you know, well, if I'm not getting what I want here, it's all about me. Or if they're not going to do what I want, then, then it's about me and I need to do this or I need to do that. Now, there's people out there who have, you know, spoken of his, you know, his rape allegations and they still hold that against him. And listen, I'm not going to see you. I'm not going to bash you about it. You know, you're entitled to that opinion. Ben Roethlisberger isn't for everybody. Okay? I don't sit here as a fan or speak of him and say, you have to like him because I like him. You don't have to like him. But you can respect what he's done on the field. And the fact that people say that he was a me guy, that's where we disagree. Because if you look back in the history of Ben Roethlisberger, how many times he's restructured contracts to keep key guys, to bring in other guys, to help the team get under the cap. Yeah, he got his money other ways, but he restructured his deal. You know who's a me guy? Aaron Rodgers is a me guy. You know who's a me guy? Kyler Murray's a me guy. Okay? This league now is full of me guys. And... We as the fans need to understand that, yeah, it's not really a sport. It's a business. That's why it's become a me, a me sport. Just like the NBA is a me sport. Major League Baseball is a me sport. And the NHL is just, well, the NHL is just what the NHL is because they get underpaid. It's beyond me. So he talked about the, the unsuccess with Bell and Brown and how a lot of it led to these younger guys are being coddled. So when they come into the league, they expect to be coddled by the teams and people above them. And he's pretty much saying that's that doesn't work in the NFL. Okay. And then they asked him about his retirement. And he said, listen, I, I could still go. I could still throw the ball. But he goes, the mentality of it, the mental state of having to do that every day, you know, practice, training camp. OTAs, this, that, and the third, he goes, I'm fine with where I am. And people are saying he's hurting the Steelers now by coming out with all this. I don't see it as hurting the Steelers in a way that Antonio Brown hurt the Steelers. I see this as it's a guy who's who's opening up in a way we've never seen him open up. Because Ben's always kind of been that guy who you would interview him about something and you kind of knew he wanted to go down a certain path in the interview, and he just kind of changed direction and kept it about, you know, certain things at hand. And 
this time he doesn't have to do that. He can be open. And that's why people are kind of upset with the interview is because they see this interview as him attacking the team that gave him his success, that, that made him who he is. That's not the case, at least in my opinion. Now, everybody else can have a different opinion, and that's fine. We could debate it, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, is the NFL a me league? It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Now, for those who aren't a me guy where it's like, hey, I'll take less to stay here because I want to win this team a championship, they get overshadowed by the me guys. Now, when you look at the me guys, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray. First off, the fact that Kyler Murray is the second highest paid quarterback in the league now over Josh Allen, over Patrick Mahomes, okay, and even over Derek Carr. For a guy who's done what? For a guy who's done what? What is Kyler Murray or Derek Carr, because they're in the same boat, okay? What have either have them done? They don't have league MVPs. You know who does have one, though? As much as I hate this team, but I'll give the guy his due, Lamar Jackson has one. And this is where Lamar Jackson comes into the conversation. So for my buddy Brandon, you might want to listen up. Okay? This isn't a bad thing. Even though Lamar has choked in the playoffs, yes, he has where Tennessee or Buffalo has figured out how to beat him. Okay? Lamar Jackson has done more than Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson's been in the league for a shorter period of time and has done more than Derek Carr because at least Lamar brought the Ravens to the playoffs. Being being a guy coming into the league, an unknown. And in an unknown based on, well, is he actually going to be a quarterback? Or is he going to be this guy that, you know, everyone says is a glorified running back who just happens to throw a football? And where Lamar has improved, yes, he has. And I'll give him that. But his accuracy is a little shorter to a tongue of Iola, okay? But, with Lamar's contract situation coming into play in this offseason and into this season, people are saying this Kyler Murray contract sets the bar for what Lamar gets. This is the problem with overinflated contracts. Again, and people don't understand this. Just because you have the money, just because... You think he's worth the money. Is he truly worth it? See, now, don't forget, for those who who are short on memory, Josh Rosen was drafted by the Cardinals. He was the future of the team, right? And we all laughed at the nine mistakes before me, and now we're still laughing at Josh Rosen. But if Josh Rosen was the future, why'd they draft Kyler Murray? But... In key situations, Kyler Murray has folded. So the question is, can Kyler Murray handle the big pressure situation? No. We've seen that Lamar has at times handled it. Sometimes he's folded, yes, and every quarterback's going to fold under pressure. But Kyler has folded 
more times than Lamar has. See, that contract should be Lamar's contract. And Kyler Murray should be getting a five years and $130 million. Because he's not worth what he's getting now. And people are going to sit there and say, well, you don't watch Arizona Cardinal football then. No, you're right. I don't watch it all the time. But I know what I see. And I see a quarterback who, yes, is talented. Yes, has a decent arm. Yes, has speed. But yes, can fold under pressure. Yes, can't get a team to the playoffs. Yes, can help his team choke. Where in other situations with Lamar, Joe Burrow, where they've been able to handle the big game situation and have been able to get their team past, get past a tough situation, win a game, take their team to the playoffs. Hell, look at Joe Burrow. What is everybody going to say when Joe Burrow's rookie deal is up? What's his extension going to look like? Okay? What teams need to stop doing, what the fans need to stop doing, is looking at one guy's contract and saying this guy should be paid more than this guy. Okay? Like, with Washington, Terry McLaurin gets a three-year, $70 million deal. Everybody's now saying Deontay Johnson should get more than that. No. And yes, he's a stealer wide receiver, and I'm saying no for certain reasons. Because, yes, he's had crucial drops at certain times, but does he put the work in to improve it? Yes. I'm not saying we have to give him three years, $80 million right now. Let's see what he does this year. See, this is what you people forget. Okay? The team doesn't have to give you a contract till the free agent period begins because if a team's smart, Ready? Everybody knows in any sport, everybody's going to ball out in a contract year. It's what you do after that contract. And we've seen at times, case in point, look at the Yankees with Aaron Hicks. Okay? They give Aaron Hicks a seven-year, $70 million deal. And what has Aaron Hicks done since? Nothing. Nothing. Right? Absolutely nothing. Okay? The Raiders give Derek Carr this huge contract. And what will he do? Chances are, nothing. Now, if you're a Raider fan, you could sit there and you could say, well, you know, it's ownership. It's, you know, there's no stability. You know, they don't know how to draft. Okay, I'll give you all that. I'll give you all that. But you still have to adapt and overcome to what's on the field. And everybody's got to play together and you got to manage to win. And that's something that the Raiders can't always do. Okay, It's the same thing with any team. Same thing with any team. I don't care what team it is. Okay? Bottom line. Bottom line. So when you look at these contracts, Aaron Rodgers to me is not even worth $50 million, $50 million a year. Aaron Rodgers is a big name quarterback. Has Aaron Rodgers come through in the clutch? Yes. But Aaron Rodgers is also choked in a big moment too. Okay? Couldn't get past San Francisco this year. Okay? And that's just the latest. Okay? Drew Brees has choked in a big moment. Eli Manning has choked in a big moment. So is his brother Peyton. Guess who else choked in a big moment? Ben Roethlisberger has. And I've been open to admitting it. But those guys were all, at the end of the day, 
worth the money they got paid because what did they bring to each of their teams? One or more than one or multiple Super Bowls. That's what they brought to the table. Okay? Even though Ben never got an MVP, Ben never got a Super Bowl MVP, Ben was at the helm for both Super Bowls. Okay? Eli Manning was at the helm for both giant Super Bowls against the Patriots. Peyton Manning was at the helm for the Colts and the Broncos. Okay? And neither one of them were, and none of them were getting $50 million a year. So when you hear people complain about why did the Packers trade Devontae Adams, I'm sorry, even though Devontae knew Green Bay was going to pay Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers had no inkling of giving up any of the money because he never has, okay? He's never restructured a deal, to my knowledge, to help the Packers out at all, bring in any players, but yet he wants to have an impact on who they bring in, okay? See, this is the other issue. These guys want these guys want to be in the decision making, right? But they don't want to sacrifice certain things. Aaron Rodgers makes money hand over fist from the Green Bay Packers, from State Farm commercials, and whatever else he's got endorsements in. Okay, you could have restructured your deal and kept Devontae Adams in. You could have, but you didn't. Okay, you chose not to. And that's why this is a me league. So you see guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Hayward, restructure deals all the time to keep guys in the nucleus of the team. They don't want to see him go elsewhere. You know, yeah, Juju left the Steelers. But that was something where the Steelers offered him something that wasn't beneficial to him. Now, does that make him a me guy? No. Because it's not like he went to Kansas City and said, they offered me this, give me more. Kansas City offered him more because they knew that they were going to trade Tariq Hill. They had to bring someone in to replace him. Now, if you look at the depth chart of the Chiefs, one of their rookie wide receivers, he's out for the year. And all of a sudden, and even though I've been saying it anyway, when you look at the wide receiving core in, in Kansas City after Hill... McCor- uh, Hardman is a is a 50-50 shot of being decent. They drafted Sky Moore, but Juju and Mart- and 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 um Scanling are going to be wide receivers 1 and 2. However you want to rank them. But Juju's in that conversation. But Juju's not a me guy as you've seen. Guys like Derek Carr are a me guy. Yeah, he could go out there, sign autographs at golf tournaments, but he's a me guy because he just simply is for what he's making that he's not worth. And you could call me crazy for thinking all this, but this is how I feel that going back to this Roethlisberger interview, it kind of opens up your eyes a bit. And it's like, yes, this is a me league. Look at how these guys act. And then they expect to not be punished like Deshaun Watson. We could use that as a prime example. Deshaun Watson feels he shouldn't be punished for what he's done. He feels that because he settled out of court that that's punishment enough. Okay? Because again, the NFL has a personal conduct code. Okay? They have various ones, multiple ones. 
Word it differently. What you can and cannot do as somebody employed by an NFL team, by the NFL. And he violated every last one of them to the nth degree. So I'm sorry, but yes, you deserve, you deserve to be suspended. And just a season, again, is not enough. But let's jump off this NFL train for a few minutes. And let's get into the Major League Baseball side of things. So obviously, the Juan Soto, the Juan Soto trade talks are heating up. After I did the last episode and I said I wouldn't do a deal that involved Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe, what comes out? This is what the Nationals are looking for. They're looking for top prospects in whosoever farm system. Obviously, Anthony Volpe, Jason Dominguez, and a few others are top prospects in the Yankees organization. So I put a poll out on Twitter. You know, would you do the deal with Soto to the Yankees if they wanted Volpe, Dominguez, and etc.? And then how does this affect Aaron Judge? Yes and pay both, or no and pay Judge. Well, the fans have spoken. 95% say trade them and pay them both. I really would like to see what Volpe and Dominguez do, but they're still two, three years away from coming up. The same with Austin Wells because he's involved in this package if it happens. And he's still a year or two away. To trade for a generational talent as young as Soto is, is a no-brainer to me. The Yankees have to do it. You want to be committed to winning championships again? This is the step. This is that step in the direction where instead of just talking about it, you're actually doing it. You're actually doing it. So, yes, I believe the Yankees need to do it. It's not depleting the whole farm system. It's not depleting it at all. Yeah, we're giving up Dominguez and Volpe, but as the Yankees have proven in years past, we can replace those guys with other top prospects. So it's not like we're it's not like we're gonna hurt at all. And people are sitting there, well, how are they gonna pay them both? It's the New York Yankees. They make billions. The money's there. Hal just don't want to spend. But he's gonna have no choice. He's gonna have to make this trade. He's simply gonna have to do it. It's just as it, it's as simple as two plus two equals four. You have to make this deal. You have to do it. You just you just have to. Because you don't want to see him wind up in Boston. Even though I doubt that Boston would be involved in this trade in, in this trade scenario, or let alone be be buyers in this trade deadline because of just where they are and the fact that they're just utterly atrocious this year. I mean, the fact that they can't field, they can't hit, they can't score, they got blown out by Toronto is beyond me. And yet Red Sox fans are sitting there, oh, we could still make a comeback and win and win the whole thing. I, I, nah, 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 I don't think you can. I, I think it's as good as done now. Um, But they have to, the Yankees absolutely have to make this deal. 
They absolutely have to. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason to why you can't do it. There's no what ifs. There's no yeah buts. It's as simple as yeah, make the fucking deal. Today, before the Yankee Met Subway Series, yes, make the deal. Cashman should already been on the phone before I woke up for work and had made this deal already. But you do have to have an extension attached to this. And if you're going to have an extension attached to it, you might as well just give Judge his at the same time. So you might as well just sit there to both guys and hand them blank checks and say, put it a number. And call it a day. And people are sitting there again and they're like, you know, Washington gave Soto what he wanted. I think there's, again, I think there's more to that contract offer than what we know. And I'm sure like anything else, it'll get leaked. I mean, hell, look at. Look at professional wrestling. Vince McMahon had no choice but to step down as the as the chairman of the board to WWE for shit he did in the past. So everything has a way of coming out. Everything has a way of coming out. But I did want to tackle the NBA for a minute or two. So obviously the, the Kevin Durant talks. Now apparently Boston's in the picture and they want to trade Jalen Brown in a package. Now Jalen Brown's pissed. Okay, rightfully so. Because I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Kyrie came out yesterday and said, I want to be with the Nets whether Durant is here or not. So, the question now lies, do you really need to trade both? Do you really need to trade either? Can Brooklyn really make this work? That's the question. We've seen, and I hate to say it, because I hate super teams, but we have seen them work. And we've seen them not work. And LeBron has been the guinea pig in both. Because it did work in Miami. It did work for one year in LA. But it hasn't worked since. Can KD and Kyrie actually coexist and one accept to play the lesser role than the other? See, in my opinion, for as good as Kyrie is, Durant is just better. So who should be the facilitator? In my opinion, it's Durant. I understand Kyrie's never wanted to play second fiddle to anybody, but Kyrie needs to realize in this situation, you have no choice. You're playing with a guy that's just higher caliber than you. So you should play second fiddle. It's not always bad to play second fiddle. There's less stress on you. When shit hits the fan, they're not running to you. They're running to the guy who's the star. The number one guy. They're running to him for all the answers. They're not going to run to you. If I was, if I was Kyrie Irving... I would just kick my feet up and relax and be like, listen, you got to answer all these fucking questions. I ain't got to answer shit. All they're going to ask me about is, why did you why did you call for the game-winning shot when you had no shot at it at all? That's all they're going to ask me. And I'm just going to say, that's the way the coach drew it up. But, man, oh man. But, 
I got to start getting ready to take care of some things here at work. Uh, there is going to be an NFL uh, preview show coming. Me and my buddy Brandon are going to get together and do one probably on Facebook. Uh, maybe even live. I got to figure it out. I got to figure out a date. So stay tuned for that one. Um, and as always, to everybody who follows, retweets, listens, obviously my buddies at 1420 Sports, Average Joe Sports, Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris, Nate's Daily Wagers, Bray Wyatt Fan 24, and all and to all the others. As always, much appreciated. So until the next one, stay safe, and as always, peace.